we started this sermon series um, two weeks ago, actually. Can we give a big hand to Donna Anderson, who I heard hit it out of the park? God had put a word in her heart and a testimony, and that was so cool because I was sick, and it was just really neat to hear her uh, minister. So, But today we're getting into being rooted in God's promises. Now, if you know me, I really like to have like, you know, three points that rhyme or start with the same letter. Yeah, today's not that day. Today, I'm just really sharing a lot that's in my heart. And just grab your pen, grab your iPhone, and there's not going to be slides. I just want you to write down whatever the Lord speaks to you. Because I believe there's going to be some things, there's some promises that God is going to remind you of. Um, so I have to first tell you a, a, a weird story. Because now some stories are just between you and God. How many of you guys realize sometimes they're just between you and God? And I was thinking about sharing this, and I thought, Lord, is this one of those stories between me and God? And I thought the Lord said, no, this is, as the pastor, I'm saying the whole church is going into a season of milk and honey. Oh, I just got honey on my finger there. Sorry. Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> I want to say that again. As a church... I believe the Lord is saying we're going into a season of milk and honey. And listen, I'm telling you, ask my wife. I'm standing there because we've been having these weird ways that God's been speaking to us. Has anybody ever noticed that God is sometimes playful? He's like hide and seek. He's like, and he's like, there I am. That was kind of weird, I know. But he really does that. He's very thoughtful. And I look over the other day and. We're in bed, and I, I put this honey down because my throat was so sore, and I put this uh, jar of honey down. I'd never done that. And I look over, and I kind of laughed because I heard the Lord say, I'm going to take you in a season of milk and honey. And then Lucas's milk was there, and I was like, <laughs> that's funny. And I, I thought it was funny. And then I open my phone. I tell Danielle this. And she's right there. She can count this. I tell Danielle this out loud. And then I open my phone to the Bible app. And I just so happy, I mean, super random, I just picked something. I picked Proverbs 24, and it said, my son, I want to feed you with honey. And I was like, she goes, what? I was like, this is crazy. Because <laughs> God's been speaking through dreams and like weird things lately. And I don't know what God's up to, but God's up to something. Yeah. And as I was praying through that, and I remember just saying, like, Lord, what are you trying to say? And I felt like he said, no, listen, it's not just you, son. I'm, take, I'm taking rock of grace into a season of milk and honey, of blessing. And so as I was praying through this, I was like, what do you want to say this week? And he took me to Abraham. And so we're studying uh, the book of Colossians, somewhat of an expository sermon this month. So we're going to still read Colossians 2 and 4, and then you're going to see something really cool. I love how God ties it together. Because I thought, Lord, no, I'm preaching from Colossians. You can't tell me to preach from Abraham's story now. And he's like, just listen, just listen. Okay. So open your Bibles first to Colossians, first to Colossians. And as you're turning there, I want to tell you about the California Redwoods. The California Redwoods, they average about 200 feet tall. 200 feet tall, these trees. When you walk around them, some of them can get to 400 feet tall. They're alive for decades and decades now, what's so amazing is not just what you see above the dirt, but beneath the dirt. Their root system is very unique. You see, they're intertwined all within, with one another. They're intertwined. For hundreds of yards, one tree will be, have roots that are intertwined with all the other roots. And so there's ways in which you can be rooted in God. And the first way is in the body of Christ, intertwined 
with somebody else who is being rooted. Let me illustrate this for you. This last Friday, uh, I took the day uh, to go see my friend Matt Anderson. And every, every time I go see Matt Anderson, every few months, I always walk away feeling refreshed in the Lord. Do any of you have, come on, those friends that you walk away and you're like, you're stronger in your faith after spending time with them. So he's one of those friends. Even though he's over there in Medina, he's a root of mine that goes out there. You catching that? And if you live in isolation, which is Satan's trap, one of Satan's trap, one of Satan's traps is that you would live in isolation and that you would see yourself as a tree bearing fruit. But if your roots don't go deep and if they don't go far, when the trials come and when the storm comes, that tree falls over. Come on. But you can be rooted, rooted in God's word, rooted in God's grace, and hear me, rooted in God's promises. So I want to read to you from Colossians. This is going to be a lot of scripture. I only do about three expository sermons a year, but this is so good. I need you all to hear this. So Colossians 2. Actually, we're going to start at verse 24 where we left off. Uh, Colossians 1, verse 24. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for, for your sake. In my flesh I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship God has given me. It's one of my favorite topics to preach on, you guys know, stewardship, his role. He said, to what? To make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden from ages and generations now revealed. Guys, you have the mystery that was hidden for generations to thousands of people has now been revealed to you. How many consider yourself really blessed, right, for that? Think about that. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. Christ being formed in you. That's what we talked about two weeks ago, that Christ is formed in you so that what? You bear fruit. You bear the grace and the goodness of God. Now listen to this. Him we proclaim, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom, and honey represents wisdom. We'll come back to that. You can jot down Proverbs 24 if you want to check that out. But teaching everyone with wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Mature, rooted. For this I toil, struggling with all the energy that so powerfully works within me. You know, there are times when you are in your anointing, when the, when the energy of God, I could just preach right there for the next couple of weeks. The energy of God is flowing through you. And suddenly you have a strength and an energy that you wouldn't have before. Amen? For I know, verse chapter 2, for I want to know how great a struggle I have for you, for those at Laodicea and for all those who have not seen me yet face to face, that their hearts may, that their hearts may be encouraged, that they may be what? Knit together. Come on, that their roots may be intertwined, that they may be knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be deluded. Nobody wants to be deluded. Here we go. For though I am absent in body, I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith. Everybody just clench your fists, just go firm. Come on. Rooted. I saw that. You received that, Ava. I saw that. Ava's like... I think she even growled. Okay. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. What did we say two weeks ago? And when you walk with the scoffers, then suddenly you 
talk and you stand and then you sit. And if you're careful, if you don't, if you'll do that, if you don't walk with Christ and let his wisdom fill your heart, come on. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, not according to Christ. For in him is the fullness of all the deity dwell. That's where that line comes from uh, on Ho O Holy Night. For in him all the deity of God dwells. And so he is warning those people at Colossae with the same warning that he gave the people at Galatia, which was stop putting rules on each other. Stop telling the new converts that they have to be circumcised. And all the men said amen. All, can all the men say amen to that? Come on. Right? Stop putting those Jewish traditions to, on them. You can't keep putting, you can't add things to Christ. By the way, anytime you add to Christ, you've not seen the full measure of Christ. For Christ needs nothing added to him. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're amen in. Here we go. And we're just reading scripture. This is why I love this. Here we go. I lost my place. Verse 10. You have been filled with him who is the head and the rule of all authority. In him you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism. I know he's given two metaphors right in a row, but it's, it's, it's cut off all the things that don't belong. In Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, so you were also raised with him, we just sang about this, in faith, why? Through the power of God who raised him from the dead. You were dead. You were dead. He's writing this from a prison, a Roman prison. He's writing this with chains on his arms, yet he's saying, hey, you were dead, but now you are alive in Christ. Why? Canceling the debt, look at this, canceling the debt that stood against us by all its legal demands. He nailed it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities, putting them in open shame, triumphing over them in public. Jesus made a public spectacle of Satan who tries to accuse you of staying in the sin that you were once in. Jesus made a public spectacle of that victory. Are you so thankful for that? Now listen to this. So let no one pass judgment on you for the food, for the drink, with regard to a festival or the new moon or the Sabbath. For these are just a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. This is why you have to be careful. This is where like a cult will begin. Is people say, well, you have to do this. You got to drink this Kool-Aid. You got to climb this mountain and you got to go. You Come on. I know it seems like I'm exaggerating, but I'm making a point. You have to do this. If you don't do this, you're not a Christian. You got to be careful with that. In all of Jesus Christ lies the fullness of God. Amen. If Christ with you died to the elemental spirits of the world as if you were still alive in the world, why do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, don't taste, don't touch, referring to things that are all going to die. According to human precepts, these have indeed appeared to be wisdom. Come on, oh, I could preach right there. There's a lot of things that, oh man, I'll stop. Listen, there's a lot of things there's a lot of things that we call wisdom that God calls fear. In wisdom, I'm not going to take this risk because I'm wise. And God says, no, you're scared. Cross the Jordan River. Go to the promised land. No, I'm just going to play it safe and be wise. No, you're not. You're scared. All right, here we go. Some of you, I'll see you in my office. All right. Some of you are like, that hurt my feelings. Sorry, your feelings are dead. They're on the cross, brother. All right. That's a little Mark Beal for you. Where you at? There you go. 
It's going back to old school preaching right there. Your feelings were nailed to the cross. Come on. Amen. All right, where am I at? Chapter 3. You have been raised with Christ, so seek the things that are above where Christ is seated. Amen. Set your mind on things above. For you have died and your life is hidden in Christ. I love that passage. It's hidden in Christ. Can I make an illustration? Do you have that little bookmarker real quick? I used this about three years ago, but I want to use it again real quick. I apologize for the short notice. But you are hidden in Christ. And I want to illustrate this with you with this little book we were given away a couple months ago. All right, so, yeah, can I have that real quick? Imagine this is you, guys. Give Vanna White a hand. You're so beautiful. All right. This is you. This is Jesus. You say, no, but you don't know about all my fears and all my faults, and you don't know about my background. I'm sorry. I don't see them because you're hidden in Christ. You say, but Pastor Jordan, what about my past? I don't know if I can really represent Christ. I don't really think I can be on like a Warren launch team because I'm not spiritual. I'm sorry. I, I see Christ when I see you. Well, I don't really think I could be on their worship team. I'm not spiritual enough. I'm sorry. No one's spiritual enough. I see Jesus when I see you. Well, you don't know. I used to be addicted to drugs. It's okay. Like last week. Hey, we'll get you to celebrate recovery, and then we'll get you on that worship team. Come on. I don't see that. I see Christ. Everybody say, I see Jesus. Oh, you have this back, my friend. There you go. Thank you for that illustration. You're beautiful, Vanna White. You're awesome. All right. Is she still alive? She's Vanna White. Man, she still look like 20. I don't know how she does that. <laughs> she needs to sell some sort of miracle cream or something. Anyway, all right, here we go. She's looked the same since I was 10. So ADD. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> Put to death what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Don't lie to one another. Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Oh, there's such a mouthful there. The knowledge of the image of God, the image of its creator. Here, there is no Greek or Jew. There is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, slave, free, but in Christ, Christ is in all. There is so much wisdom here. This is why, you know, as, as pastors, this is why we usually use like one paragraph. Right, because what Paul, man, what, what God deposited into Paul to, to, to give to us as the word of God is so rich. Look at this. You have to understand that like we talked about three weeks ago, the woman that at, the, at the well, she saw the racial divide. She saw the cultural divide. You're a man, I'm a woman. You're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. You're this, I'm that. You're this, I'm that. We can't talk to it. And Jesus says, no, no, no. doesn't matter what mountain you worship on. It doesn't matter if you're from Samaria. It doesn't matter if you're from Kinsman or Cortland or Warren. It doesn't matter if you're from upper class or middle class or upper class. Everyone at the cross, the ground is level. We all become children of God. It's unbelievable. 
for Christ is in all. By the way, when you get this revelation, you start to see people the way God sees them, and then you don't see them for the class, the social class that they're in, or the problems that they may have. You see them as a child of God. Why? You're being rooted. So now you're bearing the fruit of God's goodness. Amen? So put them, these children, the, as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, never complaining against each other, but forgiving one another. You know how many people won't join a life group because there's still unforgiveness against somebody hurt their feelings three years ago in a life group. I touched on some toes there, so I'm going to reread this. Beloved, have compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. Turn to your neighbor and say, it looks like you have to forgive me. I think I was just being prophetic. I saw some spouses. Some of you argued on the way here. <laughs> like, well, our marriage fell apart on Route 5, and now you're telling me. No, okay. <laughs> Listen, and it, come on. Who's honest to know sometimes Sunday morning can be a struggle? By the way, try being nine years old, and you jump in the car, and you sit on your mom's pie. That used to happen to me every Sunday. I'd jump in the car, pfft, Mom, like, you sat on the pie again. And then she'd come down to the altar. Let me pray for you, my people. I'm like, Mom, you just beat me upside the head, stepped on your pie. Now you're going to be up in here praying for people. I mean, I exaggerate a little bit. I only sat on the pie 30 times, maybe not every week. But she had to forgive me because of what Colossians says. Can I get Amen. So be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching one another. Oh, wait a minute. No, Pastor Jordan, you're the teacher. No, I'm not. I'm the quipper of you to be the teacher. Teaching one another and singing together in all spiritual uh, songs, right? I want to miss that. And hymns with thankfulness in your hearts toward God. Whatever you do in word or deed, everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him. Now, I know that was a mouthful, but I want to tell you, how can you be encouraging, how can you be compassionate, and how can you be forgiving if you're not in relationship? And so life group is a great way, but listen, it's not the only way. There was someone led to Jesus this week in, in their home. Come on. I said in their home. How beautiful is that? Not at the altar, but right in someone's home. One of our, our uh, people right here, one of you guys, led someone else to Christ in the home. That's what I'm praying for. That's the kingdom of God at work. That's the roots going deep and far and wide. Amen? When we're gathered together, our roots intertwine. It's as if Jesus is being formed in us and we're starting to bear the image of Jesus. I want to tell you about the Titanic. I don't know if you've maybe seen that movie, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. He's maybe like 10 years old at the time, right? And uh, I don't know why somebody amen that. That's an inappropriate time for an amen. I'm just kidding. Mick. All right, I won't point you out, Michelonic. All right, so the Titanic, if you ask the report, the reporter, a reporter asked the builder, how strong is this ship? Now, this was a dumb statement. He said, even God couldn't sink this ship. Now, how many of you guys think, I think God heard that for one. But 
what's so sad, what, what's interesting but sad about the Titanic is this. It's been said, when I looked up the story, that those that were on the upper deck were on the upper deck because they were the upper class. And the upper class did not feel the water or know the intensity of the danger until it reached them. Who felt that first? Those that were in the lower deck. But eventually, after that iceberg was hidden, was hit, the water rose to such a place. Electricity started to go out, panic set in, and everybody knew there was a problem. And I want to tell you, you may try to hide the issues that are in your life. But at some point, that water is going to reach you. At some point, you can't put enough makeup on your problems. And we live in a society that's very Instagram, come on, social media. This is why sometimes I just post something ridiculous about a hashtag, and I'll use hashtag dad fail. Because I'm trying to break this, this perception that everybody's got it all together. Right? Because that's what social media does. It's like, I want to take a, a perfect picture of this little cappuccino with the little heart. And it's like, you just fought with your spouse for an hour. Then you're like, eh no, for real? You know? Like we should, thank you. Like we should just be real. Like God literally, when you look at the life of David, he's like, I just want you to be honest. What you should post like once a month, once a week is like, oh my gosh, my life is a wreck. But thank you, Jesus. That's what you should post. That's what you should post. But we don't do that. We say best foot forward, right? We say, hey, I want everybody to understand this is my life. No, it's not. And if you will let you, now you say, well, wait, what does that have to do with the message? You can't be rooted until you expose the dirt. You can't be rooted until you expose the dirt. And we live in this society that is completely anti what Jesus taught about being real with one another, about the book of James, confess your sins to one another. But we have this society in this Americanized version of Christianity which says, if I could just come to church, if I can sing the songs and I could come to the big service and I can watch the big game and then I can come back next week. But that's not what Jesus died for. Jesus died so that you could be healed all the way down deep. You're mad at your parents maybe from, from uh, the life you lived growing up. You need to talk with a brother about that. You're, maybe your marriage is falling apart and it's on the brink. You need to talk to a brother or sister in Christ about that. You got to let your roots intertwine. You got to let them go deep and go far. Are you hearing me today? Because just like the Titanic, that water is going to come up. There's this thing called sin. There's this thing called the brokenness of humanity. And we all have to be honest with God and bring that to God. And not ever pretend that we don't have issues that we need to take to the cross. Amen? Jesus promises us strength and a, a promise of, of peace and a life that we don't know apart from him. And I want to transition now to this story of Abraham. This last 
10, 15 minutes. Give me 10, 15 more minutes. I want you to hear this. Turn in your Bibles to Abraham, or to Genesis 12. Turn to Abraham. That's the Sudafed kicking in. I'm sorry. Still got the sinuses. Here we go. By the way, I was rereading this. Listen, one of my children's person leaders was wrong. You know what crossed my mind? Father Abraham. No, he didn't. He had two. Come on. It should have been like Father Abraham had two sons. One was Harry, the other a punk. You know what I'm saying? Like, why don't we sing the Bible like, you know, it was Jacob. It was Jacob that had many sons. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they tried to kill one. You know, I'm so <laughs> it's really psycho. You know, like, what if we sang the Bible? We won't. Okay, here we go. Abraham was given this promise by God. We read about this in Genesis 12. And we're just going to read an excerpt for the sake of time. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and to your kindred in the father's house to the land I will show you. Which is fascinating. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Oh, come on. Everybody stand up real quick. We're not closing the service, so don't get excited. But stand up and say this. Say, so that you can be a blessing. One more time. Say, so that you can be a blessing. All right, sit down. You guys sound amazing today, by the way. I feel like Braveheart up in here. I mean, you guys were like, ah, let's kill. Maybe that's kills, but all right. Here we go. So that you can be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and dishonor, uh, and, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went as the Lord told him. Lot, Lot's his nephew, went with them. And Abraham was 75 years old. By the way, you are never too old to get a promise from the Lord. Okay. So I want to summarize the next like 35 chapters in about three minutes. Are you ready? Buckle up. Everybody, here we go. Buckle up. There we go. They went down to Canaan and God told them that he would give them this land flowing with milk and honey. Everybody say milk and honey. The promise of God was blessing on their family carried out to his children and his grandchildren. The promise that God would give him an everlasting family, a dynasty, an entire kingdom from his offspring. The promise was a blessing so that they could be a blessing. You see, the world's promise is to bless you so you can be happy. But God's promise is to bless you so that others can be blessed. Now, Abraham tried to rush the process, right, by sleeping with his servant. God said, hey, I'm going to, even though your wife is barren, I'm going to give her a miracle. Abraham tried to rush the process, never a good idea. He felt God was moving too slow. We can't spend too much time there. But anyway, his promise will be fulfilled in his timing. His schedule is perfect. His ways are perfect. His choice is perfect. All right? We don't always have to help God. Eventually, as you may know, Sarah did conceive. They had Isaac and uh, two sons. uh, Or he had two sons, Jacob and Esau. Esau was the older one of the two. And in that culture, that meant he actually deserved the blessing from his father. As their father approached death, now we look at this in Genesis 27, Jacob tricked the elderly uh, dad into believing that he was Esau. He put on the, the hair of an uh, animal skin, if you know this story. He stole the blessing from his brother. Excuse me. We can't easily explain this in a post-Christian, uh, non-Jewish, American culture, but nonetheless, this is what happened. Right after the deceit, Jacob took place. Isaac was approached by Esau, and he realized he had blessed the wrong son. Isaac trembled violently and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and I blessed him and indeed he will be blessed. And Esau cried out, he took my birthright and now he's taking my blessing. 
This anger drove Esau to want to kill his brother Jacob. Rebekah told Jacob about Esau's plan to kill him and sent Jacob away to her brother Laban's house. Okay? So Jacob went there, and on his way, God invaded Jacob's earthly reality with a vision and dreamed the promise was indeed given to him that was given to his uh, grandfather. Amen? So the promise is being passed down. Everybody say with me. The promise is being passed down. Now, you may know that Jacob offered to work for seven years in exchange for marriage of Laban's daughter, Rachel, because Rachel was beautiful, all right? But the deceit that Jacob sowed was about to be reaped because seven years later, when he looked for Rachel, Laban got Jacob drunk on their wedding night and gave him Rachel's sister, Leah. Now, this is a messed up prank. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, that's messed up. That's a whole nother level. You guys thought Maury Povich was bad. Just open the Bible. Come on. Like, listen. He woke up and said, what on earth? And it says, this woman was weak on the eyes. Now listen, it doesn't take, come on, a theology degree. She was not beautiful. Okay. Not being shallow. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. How many of y'all, like, you woke up and you'd be like, what? Right? You'd be shocked. Okay. So despite all this Judge Judy drama, the promise was still there. Now you say, why did you summarize 38 chapters for me? To tell you that your mess doesn't stop God's promise. Come on. Your family problems, don't tell me. Well, you don't know what it was like when I was 16, so that means I can't do anything. No, have you read the Bible? Everybody had issues. And God loved them and gave them a blessing. And listen, this is what I want you to hear. The milk and honey that was promised to Abraham is now endued to you. That's what Romans 5 says. That's what Hebrews 5 says. Because Christ was the firstborn among many sons and daughters. And the promise that rested on Abraham rests on you. And sometimes we need to believe. Some of us need to believe God for more. And you say, what do you mean? Well, let me summarize the next 38 chapters. Right? So these 12 sons that were given to Jacob were the 12 tribes of Israel. You guys know he had a favorite named Joseph. Everybody say Joseph. And by the way, parents, never a good idea to have a favorite. Don't be like, I love you the most. The rest of you, eh. you know, don't do that. Bad idea. Joseph has a dream. It confirms what mommy and daddy have been telling him. He tells them, hey, everybody's going to bow down to me. And I'm not going to go into that whole thing. But here's the point. The blessing didn't stop. The promise was there. And God was waiting on a people who would believe it. Now let's fast forward to Numbers. You guys still with me? Say, I'm still with you. All right, here we go. Preaching a novel today. Here we go. Numbers 13. God promised the land to his people. Moses wandered around for a while. Right, you guys know the story. Now he's passing the mantle down to Joshua. Joshua is about to take them into the promised land. They have to cross the Jordan River. They send 12 spies to come back. They give a positive report. The others say, hey, they are descendants from Anak. That's a giant. So in other words, they're saying they are giants. They even say we're like grasshoppers. But what does the Bible say? The land was flowing with, come on, you know it. One more time. The land was flowing with. And I love what Caleb says. We can take them. That's the B squad. Come on. Right? He said we can take them. Now what troubles me is that was two out of 12. Do you know the same is true today? If I were to line up 1,000 Christians, I'm really bad at math, 200, I'd have about 200-ish 
that actually believes God can do amazing things, miracles in their life. Seriously. So many of us think, and this is what I want you to hear. We don't think the milk and the honey is for us. We think, well, that's, that's for someone else. You hear a story about someone's miracle and you think, well, that can never happen in my life. You're coming back and you're saying, we can't do what God said we can do. Amen? But there's promises in your life that God does have the ability to fulfill. Let me say it again. There are promises that he spoke to your heart that are tied to Abraham's promise. Let me say it one more time. Pastor Andrew, when God put that in your heart to plant a church in your hometown, I have a cool little piece of news that maybe you already thought of and maybe you didn't. It's connected to Abraham's blessing and there's nothing you can do to stop it. The blessing on your life. And is it just for you to enjoy? Yes, God blesses you and yes, God does bless you because he loves you. He does want you to be blessed. I don't negate that, but I don't want you to miss it. It's so that you can be a blessing. It's so that everyone can come to you and not only be nourished, but get wisdom. Proverbs 24 calls honey wisdom. You have wisdom the world needs. Why? You have Christ. And what did we just read? In him, all the wisdom dwells. Come on, in him is all the honey. Do you know, I don't have time to tell you about all the amazing things about honey. Do you know they still use honey to this day? I asked, I asked my wife, um, what, a week ago, she was telling me they still will use honey to this day in the hospital. Is that crazy? It has qualities in it, right? That not only like feel good and soothe your throat, but has healing properties in honey. God knew what he was doing when he promised them that land of Canaan. But they had to say yes to step across the Jordan and believe what was spoken. Stand up on your feet with me, if you will. We're going to play this song as we close. And what I want to ask you to do is believe again for whatever promise God's put in there. Because for some of you, there's a promise. It's very near and dear to your heart. Maybe it's, it's, it's a child or a relative coming to Christ. Maybe some of you, you've started a business or you're about to start a business and you're like, you know what? I just don't know if I have what it takes Yes, you do. In fact, I want to pray specifically for those of you that have your own business right now. If you're self-employed, can you raise your hand, whether you're in agriculture, whether you're in whatever you're in. Yeah, it's about 30 of you. Can you raise it nice and high? <clears throat> yep. Keep your hand up. I want everybody to reach your hands towards these people. I want you to say this with me. We're going to prophesy and pray at the same time. Say this with me. Say, God has honey for you. Come on, say, God has honey for you. Tell them God has supernatural wisdom, facts, information, knowledge that you wouldn't have otherwise. Wisdom for you. In Jesus' name, amen.
I want to have the, um, the prayer team go to the side walls. And for some of you, this resonated more. I imagine like every sermon, there's always certain people that God, it's like, yeah, we all get ministered to by it. But in each sermon, there's certain people that's like, oh my goodness, this is my life right now. I'm having a hard time believing God can do what he said in his heart, what he said in my heart that he could do. And if that's you, where you say, you know what, I've been doubted, I have forgotten that I am a descendant, I'm grafted into the family of God through Christ Jesus. Again, Romans 8 says, you have now become the family of God, the descendants of Abraham's blessing. It's right there. Milk and honey. And don't miss this. It's not because of your intellect or your talent. It's because God is that good. It's just because you said yes to Jesus. That's it. Like, that's it. It's just because you said yes to Jesus. So if you say, I need wisdom. I need wisdom from God regarding this situation. I want you to go to one of these prayer team members right now. You say, you know, I know there's a promised land regarding this child. I know there's a promised land regarding uh, my business. Whatever it is. Yes, I love seeing people go get prayer. Go ahead and go to the prayer team right now. And give you this opportunity to go and ask God. Pour out that honey. Walk me into that season of blessing. Guys, I believe this so deep in my spirit. We're walking into a season of milk and honey. We've already been incredibly blessed. There's been many times when I've said, Lord, I don't know how you did it. When I didn't know how we were gonna pay for a third building, I really, I'm telling you, I did not know. And yet people gave sacrificially milk and honey. And God said, yep, I'm faithful to do what I said I would do. But I'm hearing in my spirit that <clears throat> everything we're believing for See, many of you, it's very specific with you right now, but if I could speak to the church as a whole, these dreams that God has put in our heart, it's big. It's gonna take miracles. It's gonna take milk and honey. Amen? We're gonna raise this music and I just want you to close your eyes and just take a few moments, a few moments before you go and tell God, wherever you go, Lord, I will go. I'll go into the promised land, I'll, I'll go in. We want to tell you that wherever you say to go, Lord, we're going to believe in faith 
that you mean what you said. God, I ask that you would let faith rise up in this place right now. Every person that's getting prayer, every person in the pews, God, that we would say, Lord, do a new work in me. If there's a promise that you want to bring to life, God, if there's a promise you want to remind me of right now, remind me, Holy Spirit. Because where you go, God, I want to go. What you've promised, Lord, I want to receive. I choose to believe you, Lord. You are faithful, Lord, to complete every promise. Yes, Lord. Help us not to look to our limitations and say, well, because of this, because of that, we can't receive what you have for us. Help us to understand it's a gift. us to be led by your spirit, Lord, to follow you across the Jordan River, to be willing to go into battle to receive that promised land. You're welcome to stay as long as you want. Service will be officially dismissed, but we're just going to leave the music on nice and loud for you to talk with the Lord if you'd like to.